Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am Andy Ruther coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California with my co-host, Joey. No chill, Prano. Good morning, Andrew. We haven't done this in a minute, Joe. No, we haven't. I I miss the mornings a little bit. I kind of do too. I'm not going to lie. I liked having a Sunday night last night. Do, Do you get messages when the pod's not up like, in the middle of the night on Sunday? Like, where is it? There was only one tweet last night. It was at Dirty Sports, but directed at me saying, Andy, where's the pod? And what's funny is, that's not the way to approach it, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, for the record, I think I do a lot for getting things out in a timely also, manner. Also, we, we do a pretty good job. It's on our list of things to do every show now, which you printed out for the interns. But, like, we do a pretty good job Insta-storying when we're recording. So it's like, oh, the pod's going to come out two hours after you see an Instagram story. So follow us on Instagram. Yeah. At The Dirty Sports. There's the solution. And uh, But also, everything gets delayed now because usually, even if we do it in the night, like then it goes up at midnight, and then and then the YouTube like a day later. So now the guy who jerks off to your feet is gonna have to wait like a, a whole other twelve hours. Do we think somebody's really masturbating to me, Shoeless? I, I'm pretty sure Rex Ryan is a fan of the YouTube exclusive. <laughs> what if that really was Rex Ryan? I love it because like the last episode we did, or maybe it was two episodes ago, you were like, "I'm gonna get comfortable again" because somebody said they like me without my shoes, and then I saw that, and then I followed up, like I followed the trail. Turns out that person has a foot fetish and just wants everybody's shoes off all the time. Then they were like on the interns, "Hey, you guys should all take your shoes off and touch feet." Yeah, there's. I'd love to see a pile of six intern feet. There's, there's definitely a creeper who who listens to the show, but also is a fan of dirty sports. Yeah, with a massive foot fetish. Yeah, so there is probably a one in two chance that's Rex Ryan. Yeah, the foot fetish thing is always odd to me. You know, I don't judge what anyone wants to do sexually, like as long as you're not banging kids or raping anybody, but. The foot fetish thing, I never really understood. Yeah, it's like uh, a couple suggestions for next show. Make sure you talk about Vegas making the Stanley Cup final. Also, if Ruther could just have a stress ball that he's curling with his toes the whole show, <laughs> that'd be great. If Ruther could put uh, his foot in a peanut butter. Have you ever been with a lady who is into the foot fetish thing? No. No. Never. Never. Okay. I haven't either. I'm just curious if anybody has any experience with the foot fetish. I feel thing. like a foot fetish thing is more of a guy thing than a uh, a girl thing. I think guys are into like women's feet, other dudes' feet. Like you don't hear a lot of women like, "Yeah, love them feet." Yeah, feet are gross. Yeah, like, my feet are especially gross. Every time, like, I I think it was last year, I like smashed my disgusting toe. Like I. Turned, I smashed my toe and it turned like black. I put it on it. People are like, dude, your feet look like cavemen's feet. Have you seen Shaq's feet? Oh, yeah. That's that's a whole other level. 
bad black feet take like a turn where you're like, what am I? Lo-? You're like, am I looking at like a prehistoric animal? <laughs> like Shaq's feet look like a like a a burnt pterodactyl, <laughs> like a pterodactyl after the meteor hit. Well, they recently showed Shaq. It was maybe just a couple. Shaq's weeks. feet look like a character from Dark Crystal. You know, what I mean? <laughs> there's a good reference. Deep Dark Crystal. Google it. Shaq's feet they showed a couple weeks ago, you know, for the TNT pre-game show or post-game show. What's what I find interesting about Shaq's feet is that, dude, you have the money to get your feet taken care of. But like, what do you do? Like, taking care of what? You mean like get a pedicure and stuff? Yeah, like once a week. Shaquille O'Neal, you got millions yeah. of dollars. You can have a little Vietnamese woman come to your house. Well, and, and I mean, he's Shaq. He could also have just a Vietnamese woman who lives with him. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. While you're taking... She could it, live in his shoe. <laughs> <laughs> While you're taking... Okay, going to bed, Shaq. <laughs> slides into his shoe. Throws her pillow in there. I should I should get a uh, pedicure. My, my heels are... My heels are pretty bad. I have bad heels. Don't want to know. <laughs> they're, they're gross, man. Well, they're all jacked up from what? Running? I think. And then, and then when I run... On the beach and the sand, they get all cracked. And so, whoever's watching this show on you YouTube, you need to get some of those like aqua socks. You need to get like beach running sandals. I won't do it. Can't do it. Instead, you're just gonna have disgusting heels. Yeah, I don't know. So, if if our YouTube foot fetish guy can help me with that, <laughs> yeah. he's like, oh, I can help you. Let me see. <laughs> Let me see what you're working with. Can you set a super up close to your heel? We have to give an update on uh, the dirty sports team basketball. Oh yeah. We played Friday, and uh, you might want to grab that mic, Trevor. Uh, so we did interns versus host again. And well, it w- first, Trevor and I went out there. We, we ran Venice Courts without you guys. Trevor and I got a win against two brothers. So that was a proud <laughs> moment for us. How'd that go down? Uh, we were just out there shooting around. A couple guys came over with their hooker Asian girlfriends. They literally, right? Like they looked like they looked like they were like either porn stars or like porn stars. That's how I was gonna go. Right? Porn stars. Like porn stars they, are yeah. like Instagram like models. Venice. Like they're out in Venice. Just got that. They're out in Venice. Video. They were like the, the two girls were drinking like Jack and Gingers out of Starbucks <laughs> cups. <laughs> <laughs> and literally, the girl she approached, she's like, "How about two on two? Yeah, she like, like set what? them up. She was like, "How about you guys play each other?" And I was like, "Are we playing two Asian Instagram <laughs> models? Because pretty good in the post." And she's like, no, get them. And so then we played two two black guys. They were pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. They had us down. They had us down big. We were down, I think it was like, we were playing to 11. I think it was like 0. .6 or 0. .5 mm-hmm. at some point. And then I just was forced to take over. We came all the way back, one twelve ten. Went on a six zero run. And then me and EJ came out. Yep. And then you, uh, there was, so right after that game ended, uh, a six-foot <laughs> girl with a, Perfect jump shot, who is like probably a not an Instagram model, but a proper model. She could be. Was was out there shooting. She played basketball professionally in Germany. You came over and you didn't even hesitate. You're like, we're moving courts. I can't deal with these people. <laughs> I made an Andy Ruther executive decision to move courts. And, well, first of all, she was gorgeous, but it wasn't about her. To me, it was about... We were on the main court, not the main, main court, but the main court where they play the pickup games. And I just don't have the patience anymore for a dude to come up, whether it's just a normal dude. Three people asked us when we were on the other courts if we wanted to play. 
Like three three times people were like, hey, you guys want to get three on three going? It would have been seven or eight had we stayed on that court. Because I the thing here again, I the thing about the Venice Beach courts is people just don't get it. Like clearly we're playing two on two, or a couple weeks ago when I'm playing by myself, clearly I'm playing by myself. I had the same guy come up to me multiple times a couple weeks ago. I was just, you know, I had my headphones on, I was just listening to Joe Rogan's podcast and just shooting around. And yeah. <laughs> Finish your beer. <laughs> and the dude, same dude just kept coming up, and it's like, dude, I'm clearly just relaxing, shooting threes, listening to a podcast. So, yeah, I do get annoyed with the nonstop. So I said, let's move courts, and we did. And, uh, and then the truth came out. Last time you played, you were on that court. You shot really well. Okay. Okay, fair enough. There, there was, there's, the big, there's the big wreck wall there that's blocking the onshore winds from the beach. True. It's a little, it's a little covered area. You can shoot that short corner. I think we all, all of us would agree, for from a shooting perspective, that's the best court. Is it not? Because it blocks the wind? Probably, probably because of that wall being there. It probably yeah. is. Because the wind gets tricky when you're yeah, playing basketball it also, the beach. It also has a net that catches the ball every time you shoot. So every time, I'm already missing three layups every time. Now i got to jump up a fourth time just to get the ball down after we make it. Yeah. Well, let's get to the games. Net. Yeah. Let's so we, we played the interns again, three more games. And the scores were 11-4, 11-2, 11-7. So we beat the interns again. At this point, let's be honest, guys. You're never going to beat us. This is, again, literally because of Joe. Because afterwards, when Joe and I were on a team, we skunked you guys. So it's because Joe, it, the rebounds, man, that makes up the total Okay. Rebounds. That's, That's fine. In my opinion, which I understand. Like, no, you're right. I have that on the rundown. Oh, okay. If anybody read, just it. want to make sure. I yeah. had jo- I had Joe Prano's currently undefeated. I have that on the rundown. <laughs> just wanted to make sure. But I saw I saw this the the spread like uh, it's the same thing. Like Trevor, after the first couple weeks, was like I'm not afraid. We're gonna beat you guys. We're gonna beat you guys. EJ's the only one that lives in reality here. He was just like he was just frustrated while we were playing. He had to guard me. He was like, "This is bullshit." And then and then we played. Trevor and I played you guys at the end. And we beat you pretty handily, too. And you're like, I think me and EJ could take you. I think we could do it. I'm like, this is the kind of sickness that spreads throughout this. Like, you're not going to win. I, I disagree with that. <laughs> See? I like I like me and EJ together. No offense, Trevor. I like I like me and EJ as a team. And, yeah, I get what you're saying about Predator. But let's be honest, guys. I was hitting a lot of my shots, too, when we played you guys. And I was hitting mid-range jumpers. And then how'd that go when you were playing me? Well, I, well, by the end, I, was, I had played eight games. <laughs> My legs were sore. You also just couldn't get a shot off. You, the, I gave you one. In the last game, I gave you a three. You made it. And then you made another three on before checking the ball. We, you, didn't, you didn't pass the ball. And I was like, wait, what is this? You got to pass the ball in. Well, how that about was like the, the only two shots you got off. Well, how about that? Well, no, first of all, I would like to play again. And then, and then and by the way, the, can we talk about the last basket of the day where you jumped on my back like it was the fucking Preakness? Yes. You were like whipping me? Yes. You literally climbed onto my back. I jumped Yoda on your back. Style. It, um, it's called I'm playing mental games, Prano, for next time. You'll remember that. <laughs> I you, remember that. I let you jump on, fall off, and still made the layup. You'll remember when a little little man jumps on your back. It's not a good feeling, is it? It's a triple crown out there. Yeah. You'll remember that. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's all. This is the long... I'm playing the long game here. Once I, once I start getting in that Ruther... Fucking EJ's just like, please don't, please don't keep this going. I don't want to play with, I won't want to start playing with you and losing now. Well, you, you're, you're, you're in now, EJ. You're in. Here's, here's the thing is like playing against Prano, this is why it also sucks so much is because 
if I'm on the opposing team, a lot of times I'll probably guard Prano and I use all of my energy and he still bodies the shit out of me down low. And then I'm exhausted by the time we even get the ball to go on offense. And it's like, well, exactly. To be fair, I'll tell you what you need. You're, how tall are you? Six, four. So, so Prano's the answer six- is you guys got to get on the, you got to put out the tug signal. Tug is going to be the equalizer. That dude's 6'5". He's a little bit older than me. I don't know what kind of shape he's running in these days. Played college basketball. Like, I bet you Tug is good. You need to get Tug out there. You need a body. Otherwise, this 5'10", 5'9", shit, it's just like who gets to lose against me. I have strategy on this. It's unbelievable. But you're right. You just basically turned into Trevor. You're like, no, it's cool. We're not scared. We're going to do it. I didn't say that I wasn't scared. I I said that there's a strategy. Look, he's – okay, if Prano's 6'4", He's basically got six to seven inches on me. So that's a lot. Like, like that's a lot of inches. But I think the key is... Your strategy is already bad. You go for the steal every time somebody throws the ball on the post. Then I get an open layup. But sometimes I got steals. I, yeah, I will give you that. The, what I realize yeah, no, is like, the other 80% of the time, instead of actually defending me, I just got an open layup you're gonna you, make it, if you, you duffed on a steal. Basically, I just got to shove my ass right in you. Yeah, and... and if you notice, like when we started doing, I love better, the it was, strategy. If I, was, if I was coming off screens, and then I—that's when I would have open shots, and then I could hit shots, and then you would go out into the corner, and I would drive, kick it out to you. And when you're hitting, like, we can maybe kind of keep up, but the only thing is, like, the only, those rebounds you are want, so. Do pivotal. you want the truth? Your own—the only way to win, because I told every single person I played with, don't switch, because if you set a pick, and and my, and the guy that that I'm guarding is setting a pick. Basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to – we're not going to switch. And if the guy just happens to go to the basket, then I'll try to recover and stop you at the rim. The only way to win is to come off a pick and immediately drill a jump shot. Like the second you get clearance. So you're going to have to hit a lot of mid-range jump shots. You're going to have to hit, you know, 11 of them before I make 11 layups. Well, So good luck with that. I'll keep practicing. Can we – what is going on in Savage Town today? Yeah. Can, this is just Some guy's leaf-blowing your idea that you're – you're going to beat me in basketball up down the street. I'm telling you. Give me an EJ. You, call Tug Coker. Give Put me, out the Tug signal. Give me an EJ five games against you guys. Oh, my God. We, we we'll, ta- great. We take one. Okay. Let's do it. This weekend, you get five straight. EJ's like, please don't make me do this. Five games. We'll okay. take one. Okay. I like our the chances. The fucking disrespect I get on a weekly basis. I'm not saying we're better, Prano. I'm saying we have a tw- I'm saying we would win... T- that's 20%. I'm telling you, you will not. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> you're not scared. I didn't, I didn't say that. I'm not, I'm not being cocky. I know you're not being cocky. Trevor wasn't being cocky either. He's just saying he wasn't scared that they were going to figure it out. He's like, we're going to Brad Stevens this up. Then Brad Stevens is like, okay, that one dude's way taller. I don't really uh, I don't have a situation for this. Well, 20%. That's, a tw- that's, that's, just, that's not much. You know what's even better than 20%? The deal that we have with Flag and Anthem. It's 25%. That's right, guys. If you go to flagandanthem.com right now and put in promo code DIRTY at checkout, you get 25% off your first order. I posted a picture yesterday on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook of me, Trevor, and you all looking so all fresh. All rocking top to bottom Flag and Anthem, wearing my Flag and Anthem pants today these these uh i like those navy dyed jeans i like those i'm gonna have to cop your style yeah 
I'm wearing I'm wearing a pair of their jeans right now. I don't know what they're technically called. Trevor's wearing a flag and anthem shirt. He's off camera. You can't see it. But you guys get EJ some flag and anthem. Yeah, he's just over here like cool cool sponsor, bros. <laughs> <laughs> We got to hook EJ up. So, guys, take advantage of the great offer that we have with Flag and Anthem. Check out all their amazing clothes from their spring line. They also have a new Dirks Bentley line. So, go to flagandanthem.com, drop in promo code DIRTY at checkout. That will get you 25% off your first order. Okay, let's get to the NBA playoffs. Let's do it. Enough of this amateur basketball discussion. Let's get to the pros. Last night, the Rockets got boat raced. Yeah. That was a bad one. I, I the I'm sad about this series because I thought like it it, it still is a good series. It's two one. It, it, you can't be closer than two one. Like that's that's always the mentality you hear you hear from coaches. It's like oh one team loses two games, the other team won, like wins the third. It's like hey we can't be closer than two one. Both series are at two one, but that Western Conference series, every game has been not close. Like yeah. the g- game one was the closest game. I think that was like still a 13 point win. And that, and they closed the gap at the end of that one. The last two games have been 30 plus point wins. Well, look, man, it's like one team's hitting their shots and one team's turning the ball over. And and the, the amazing thing is they swapped. They, they literally swapped complete personalities in games two and three in games two and three. I understand home court, but like game two, the Warriors were just turning the ball over too much, not making their shots. Game three, Houston starts turning the ball over and not making their shots. And Steph starts going off, and now they're losing by 40? It's unbelievable. But I think there is also something to the like the style of play that they're like when when those teams, specifically those teams, get as hot as they can get, it really doesn't matter who they're playing. You can't, like, they're like, oh, well, we're hitting all our shots, and the Warriors are like, cool, we're out. But what did I say last podcast? I I was very specific to point out how bad Curry had played in both games. And I said, if he starts going, because he will. Well, that's what everybody's, you know, anybody who knows the NBA knows when Steph Curry is going, the, the, the Warriors are a completely different team. Now... There's oh Steph was hurt oh Steph comes off and and like we just have to stop with the every time Steph Curry doesn't shoot well his knee hurts and every time he's like in the first quarter of that game it was like he was one for six I think from three yeah he had a slow start and and they're talking about it. they're like oh and so not sure Steph's right and then suddenly Steph starts hitting his shots and no one's talking about Steph being hurt anymore it's like. Can we just Steph says he's a hundred percent, and let's be honest. There's been years. There's the finals that the Cavs won, where Steph disappears. Like sure. Steph's not the guy who can necessarily just take over a game, regardless of how you know the other team is attacking him. What happened in Game Two is Houston, like EJ was talking about when when we were playing, they were attacking him on the defensive end. And he's got to work so hard at that that suddenly he's not playing that well offensively. Then yesterday, they start pulling away, and the Rockets start getting sloppy, and they're not going down every time and carefully attacking Steph. They're just bombing threes, turning the ball over. Suddenly, Steph has a little bit more rest on the defensive end, and now he's hitting all his shots. 
Like, I think that there is a strategy to it, and it's not just, oh, Steph Curry was hurt in the first quarter, but fine in the third quarter. But see, to me, this is – that's why I kept saying in five, because I think I think next game will be a lot closer. I think I think the next game, game four, will be a good game. But, again, I still feel Houston, if they lose, Golden State's going to have that, that killer mentality, and they're going to close it out in Houston. But, dude, these games – to me, also, no, and I don't think people are talking about this as much. James Harden had a great game one. Mm-hmm. He hasn't played that well the last two games. And if you look at his stat line. Well, in game two, he didn't have to play that well. They came out. Gordon was hitting all his sure. shots. They were up. They they were up big early, and then that's it. Like, that's also something that you have to consider when you're James Harden, when you're Mike D'Antoni, is, hey, why are we going to put James Harden out there and get him playing iso ball for the last 20 minutes of this game when we've already won it? Like, we have to save him because we are going to live and die a little bit with how James Harden plays. Which is true. They are yeah. going to live and die by Harden. But, again, guys, I'm just saying, Harden has shown, basically throughout his career, he can be weak in the playoffs more times than not. And you can't have a 20... Like yesterday... You, for the Golden, I'm sorry, for the Houston Rockets to beat the Golden State Warriors, James Harden can't go out there and have 20. Like, you, dude, you got to score 30 points. Plain and well, simple. what did he do in game two? 27 points. Yeah. Okay, so he's right by. I'm just saying, you know, yesterday, 20 points. I think this, I think the whole series, I think every game, look, the Golden State Warriors still have a decided talent advantage. When one guy isn't going, there's other guys like Steph didn't play well in the first two games. They still won one. KD didn't score that, all that much yesterday. They still want like they have two mega stars, and then they have Clay Thompson who can go off at any moment. Sure, like, they just have a, a a ridiculous talent advantage. Where as if James Harden isn't playing well, yeah, Chris Paul, but Chris Paul isn't like Chris Paul has only gotten like the the ability to hit threes like this year in this offense he's not an iso make a three guy and you see that like I don't know why he's he's tried to become that guy is like the one two punch is like your style and James Harden style I think too often when James Harden's not going Chris Paul tries to emulate what James Harden does for the offense and it's like no keep doing your thing keep taking guys to the basket keep finding that mid-range keep passing and it, it just comes down to both of those guys and Gordon and Capella. They have to play well yeah. just to keep up with the Warriors who could still have one star not dominating and be getting enough points to win the game. It's The Western Conference is straight up like who is going to be the first. It's not even – they used to say like the first to 90 points. This is like who's going to be the first to 115. Like you got to score a lot of points in this series to get out in front and pace and – Harden's got to be going, and all of those other guys as well. Or else, you're just not going to be able to keep up, especially if you have Steph going. Steph more so than Durant, even. Well, serious question then, and I put this out on Twitter. Where, If you take Kevin Durant away from the Warriors, which obviously he was up until the last yep. two years, if you take Kevin Durant off this year's team, do the Rockets have a chance? I mean, I still think the Rockets have a chance. Okay. But, but 
the, the reason or anyone for that matter. Yeah, because the, the Warriors. I mean, we know the Warriors th- are winning the title. Just right. plain and simple, the Warriors are winning the title. Look, I think obviously it all comes down. I said it last episode. If the Rockets can win in Oakland next game, yo fool, anything is possible. Like th- then I could see them a hundred percent winning the series. I give them zero percent chance to win in Oakland. Okay, I really do. But in but how do you watch the games that have been played so far and say that when it's like because I just think you know and this just might sound like a, a stupid hot take. I just think the Warriors didn't play a good game too. I just don't think they play well. I, but, I just but, I, I just but, think they're far. But you haven't you superior. haven't they, they lost twenty four games this year. There was there was stretches. I, I think they didn't give a shit. Come playoffs, they played. They for the but, most part. But they look played at their well. team. Look at their team, and look at the, the history of their team. There's times when all the talent in the world they don't show up, regardless of this year when they don't care. I mean, they they blew a three one lead to the Cleveland Cavaliers in the NBA Finals. Now, granted, they didn't have Kevin Durant when that happened, but Kevin Durant. I mean, we've talked about it. Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, all these guys, like the only guy on that team that I'm like, he's going to stay level no matter what happening is, is, is Clay Thompson. I'm like, Clay Thompson's good for just being Clay Thompson. He's going to defend. He's going to hit his open shots, which is why they're, which is why they're really tough to beat because they have a guy like that. Like Clay Thompson to me is like the new James Harden. If he went to a, if he just went to the fucking Bobcats, he's an MVP candidate. If he goes to the Timberwolves, he's an MVP candidate. But now he's the third guy on the team, and he's he, he's an MVP quality player, and he's just always there waiting to bang a three that's going to ruin your life. But that being said, they have they're they're not this like team that's just like they flip a switch. Like I haven't seen that from them this year. I haven't seen that from them in a long time. Where it's just like they come out and they're going to have a hot third quarter, but. In game two, they were down fifteen what, going into the but break. But they did yesterday. If you, right. if you, my point is, you're saying flip a switch. If you watch the game yesterday, they did flip a switch in that third quarter, and they, dude. But they were already winning that game, and they're already winning that game pretty handily. And then they just blew it out. My point about the 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 Warriors, and this goes for the Rockets a little bit, and this is why this series is the way it is: is whoever gets up early has won these games, and it has been close. Like in game two, the the. Rockets went into halftime. I think they were up like 15 or 14. 14. Everybody was going, look out for the Warriors in the third quarter. Look out. Sure. This is when the Warriors do it. They got killed. Well, 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 hold on. Yesterday's game, the Rockets did make a – I believe it was like a 20-point lead. Or, let, me, let me see. It was about a 20-point lead. Uh, no, you, I'm sorry. Golden State was up – I can't do math. Golden State was up 11. They pushed the lead in the third quarter. Then the Rockets did make a push, I yeah, believe. Yeah, and to cut it to like 13. Yeah. That, I mean, that, again, that's still a comfort zone. That's still a comfort zone. I do want to say something to everybody listening. If you're watching these games, just watch how fast paced, because I don't think a lot of people are, are, are fully watching it, both these teams play. If you watch from the minute the rebound, somebody gets the rebound. How quickly they forget the rebound. The like, watch when a guy makes a layup and his momentum carries him under the basket. The ball will be in the half court before the player on the other team is back in bounds. Yeah. So when I'm watching these games between these two fast-paced offenses, which is really fun to watch, it's amazing to see, like you're saying, how quickly the ball is pushed up the court, and also. 
as far as the the shape and health these guys got to be in to play this type of basketball, it, it's remarkable. Like there's there's nothing, there's been nothing like this ever. There really hasn't. And and I mean, look at just look at some of the guys who are longtime NBA contributors who are not allowed who are not allowed on the court during the season. See uh, during the series, no Zaza, no Javale McGee, no Nene. Like these guys aren't no Ryan Anderson. Where are they? They're like, dude, you can't. Not in this series. You can't. You can't play. You can't come in. It's too quick. Yeah. They're like, what are you gonna do today? Like you're gonna. I mean, the Warriors are using a lot of times four guards. Yeah. Literally four guards in there. Because when you watch this, one team gets up. It's almost like the team that is winning is the one that wants to keep it moving fast. Because a team gets up 15 and they're like, yeah, let's have a shootout. Let's go. Try to catch us playing super fast. When in reality, what I think both of these teams are getting caught doing and and which isn't keeping this super close is it seems like if you're down 15, you need to like, okay, let's go. Let's let's get this going. Yeah. In reality, what you should do is probably fucking slow the whole thing down a little bit. Relax. Sure. And, and try to make a couple of baskets whether whether it's fast, slow, whatever, but make sure that you get a couple and then get a sort of run going. That's what I was seeing in the in the game yesterday. Is like the Rockets would be down twelve, and they're like, "Okay, we need a couple quick threes. It's like you guys just need to make sure you get a basket, yeah, and then hope that they miss and have it be a slow burn. Then when you get it to like six or eight. We get it to a reasonable amount in in a series like this with the kind of scores, the kind of three point shooters they have. Six points is nothing. Six points is less than two possessions sometimes with the way these guys are getting fouled on the perimeter. Like that's what has to happen. Like these games are getting out of control because one team's getting up twelve to fifteen points, and then the other team's going, "Fuck, we need to start bombing threes to get back in this." Both of them. Both of them are are you know guilty of this and i think that is because there's so much talent on the floor they're like okay and both coaches are super confident in their personnel that they're like 15 is nothing let's go you want to like everybody's how, everybody's living and dying by the sword but that's here. how i even feel as a fan i i because trevor and i watched the first half of game two together here in the smut studio and that's what i literally said to him i was like oh kind of like how you said i go 14 points it's it's nothing these teams can score so quickly, and you're right. I was thinking the same thing last night. Golden State's a big. They're not slowing the ball down. Yeah, they. Oh, the, b- both teams do not like when they're up. They don't want to slow down. They don't know how to basically. There's a take momentum. The foot off the gas. Th- yeah, pedal. there's also a momentum thing. We're hitting our shots. You guys are not hitting your shots. So let's have a shot making contest. And then if if suddenly we go cold, we'll call timeout and we'll start the whole thing over. Whereas. You know, both of them, and I think Kerr and D'Antoni are both guilty of this. Is like, dude, you're down 12. Have a play. Get a two or get a three, but get a good shot. And then try to get a stop and then try to do it one more time. Now you've cut it to six or eight. Now we can – now let's fucking have a shooting contest again. Yeah. Um, I Like, I want to preface this with I am by far one of the biggest hardened defenders. Like, I love him and, like, everything he does, you know. But – I think one of the biggest. That's funny because Harden's on anybody defender. <laughs> but like one of the biggest differences <laughs> between the Warriors and the Rockets, and I see it every time, is the Warriors can be down by twenty, and they have that fire. Like we're we can still we can still win this. 
and I notice every time, and, it, and it's it's not entirely on Harden or Chris Paul, but you can see they when quit they're, when their role players aren't hitting. They get demoralized and they just kind of like shut down. And I've noticed that. And I've and you know I've been watching Harden for years, and like that's my one big thing about him is like, and it sucks because when you are the best player on a team, you obviously expect the best out of everyone. But with him, it's like. He's just like, well, shit. Like, I guess I'm not trying anymore. In this yeah, thing, which well, kind of sucks. There's also, there's also a little bit. I mean, and I'm not saying James Harden. We obviously we've seen James Harden has has a history of that, and and some of that is fair, and some of that's unfair. Like, you know, he didn't have a good coach. He was, if you listen to the Chris Bosh. Uh, Simmons podcast, which was awesome, and I highly recommend everybody listen to. They were like, "Let's attack James Harden." That whole Miami Heat. Uh, OKC Finals, their their entire strategy was like, let's fuck up James Harden. So it's like he's 20 years old, and you know a, a powerhouse team is like, all we're gonna do is stop James Harden. It's like, okay, he didn't play well. That's that's good strategy. You know they're gonna let those other guys go off. There is certainly some truth to James Harden hasn't delivered in the playoffs, but when his team, and this is the difference between the Warriors and the Rockets, this is the difference potentially in this series, and the difference between the Warriors winning another championship and not, is like when you shut James Harden down or when you get him off his game a little bit, yeah, sure, you know, maybe he's turning down a little, but he's also like, what the fuck, like how much can I do? Whereas every team that does that for the Warriors are like, dude, you know, KD has 40 first two games like let's try to stop KD and then they're like oh fuck Steph just had 35 like what what can you do there's just so much firepower yeah that it's like dude both of those guys we've seen KD and we've seen Steph disappear we've seen it happen and then the other one's there to pick up the slack Chris Paul isn't at the point in his career and he's also not the kind of player that in 2018 can just straight up take over a game you can't just go, oh, James Harden had an off night. Looks like it's Chris Paul's 45-point night. He's just not that guy. He just doesn't – he's not He's not an, a, an ISO three-point shooter, which you need to be to stay in this game. It's basically they just have too much firepower. And when when Gordon's going, suddenly Harden's amazing. You know, when, when everybody's hitting their threes, suddenly Harden's like this facilitator. Well, in a way, it's similar to – not totally, but I can see a resemblance with the Cavs and, Le- and LeBron. Yeah. The, the 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 major difference is obviously LeBron is playing defense in the playoffs. Sure, and LeBron's doing a million other I things: mean, that, passing, rebounding, that crossover. That crossover that Livingston did. I mean, guys, like it was. Uh, he Ruthered though. Harden just tried to go for the steal and then got embarrassed. That is the Ruther move. But, I, I, you know, everybody wants to uh, get on Harden about that play. And he did, like, he did make a, he did make a, you know, a steal effort. But can we talk about Sean Livingston being 6'8 or whatever he is in full speed transition, stopping, going behind the back? Like, on on one move, leg, basically. Let's, yeah, let's not forget what happened to his leg back in the day. That move was ridiculous. Like, no one's, that that wasn't like a, oh, James Harden sucks at defense move. Like, can, can everybody give Sean Livingston, like, some straight up credit? That move was ridiculous. That move was fucking, he crossed over, then he went behind the back. And he didn't go. This is the from the technical basketball standpoint. The thing that was ridiculous about that is there's two kinds of around the back. There's there's put the ball all the way around with your arm. 
which is like kind of a wraparound around the back, which is a move you often do in transition. You're going, you go around a guy like this. And then there's the behind the back crossover, which is what he did. He was going and then he crossed it backwards to his other hand. That would move was incredible. I, I've, what I've decided is I'm just going to watch that on replay, Prano, and then I'm going to do that to you on Friday in the Venice Beach courts. Go for I'm, it. I'm going to go Sean Livingston on you <laughs> or, or Ron Livingston. <laughs> Ron Livingston. Does <laughs> anybody get that reference? I'm going to go uh, – God, I want to forget his big movie, He's, Office he, Space. Uh, yeah, I was going to say you're going fourth lead in Swingers. <laughs> I'm going to go Office Space on you. Uh, yeah, man, I think, I think the series is done. I've been saying it. Five games. And it just sucks because the the Warriors are just so talented that they're going to destroy anybody from the East. I agree with you, but at the same time... Unless those guys melt down. I agree, but at the same time, you look at the... you. I just look at the way the series is going, and it's like, you're, you're already on, like, it's a five-game series, and I'm like, this could be a seven-game Rockets uh, series win. And it's all based on like the first four minutes into the next game. There's no way. There's no fucking way. This series is this series. Mark my words. This series is done. It's over. But I just don't understand. Like, what? How do you watch that and say that when, like, in game two, the Warriors they just played a shitty game. Yeah, but the Rockets played a shitty game yesterday. Uh, no, they they got dominated by a much Dude, they, better the Rockets, talented, the Rockets beat team. them by thirty points in game two. Shitty I mean, game. I get, I understand what you're saying, but you're like you're you're essentially being one of those people who's like one guy. Th- this is a shitty game. This is a dominant performance. Like that's kind of that's that's kind of an embarrassing take. No, it's not because the reason I say that one is team wins by thirty, the other team played like shit. Because the, one, one team, team plays by both, thirty. Okay, because we both agree, one team. Overall, talent, depth, everything far exceeds the other team. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. But but so that's why but, to me, but not to the, a- but not to the point. There's there is no talent discrepancy in the NBA, unless you're talking about Warriors, Suns. That's like, oh, this is a consistent. This is a thirty point blowout every time these teams play. Okay. Like five out of five, this team's gonna win by thirty. Yeah, Warrior Suns, Steve Kerr's letting Draymond Green drop the plays. Like, that's a talent discrepancy. We're talking about the number one seed in the West and the number two seed in the West. Like, these are not – the talent discrepancy is large, but it's not a 30-point difference. And if it was, then the Rockets should never be winning games by 30 points. I, I just – I think this. Steph Curry didn't play that well, again, the first couple games. And I'm not saying Steph Curry has to go off and have – and I'm telling you what happened. Steph Curry also didn't play well in the first quarter. And the Rockets are going at him. And the Rockets are attacking him. And that's their strategy. Attack Steph Curry. Make him work on the defensive end. But the Warriors were still up by double digits. Right. Absolutely. And Steph didn't play that well. Right. So the Rockets are turning the ball over and the Rockets aren't playing well. And suddenly, that's it. It's a blowout. Look, we're going in circles. We have different opinions. I think the series is done. I know. I'm just like, I just, all I'm asking for is an explanation on how you go. Like, there is no chance when obviously there's a great chance. There's no chance. There's a great chance that Golden State comes out and just takes a dump in the first five minutes of the next game. Then they go down 15 and then that's it. No, I disagree. Even if that happened. Okay. The Golden State Warriors will win the next two games, close this out in Houston, and then take a hot, steamy dump on either the Cleveland Cavaliers or Boston Celtics. And... 
it's fun to watch. It's fun and, to and, see how good a team is, but it's also in a way like shit. It's not fun. Yeah, but I I also think that like when you watch, I mean, it's just the way I'm watching the Warriors. Like they they're not their their talent makes them unbeatable, but. It's the mental aspect of the Warriors that makes them that makes me go like the fact that you ever lost a game by 30. But but, but this is what I find funny about that. I'm not saying that the Warriors are mentally the strongest team ever. Like you said, they've blown a 3-1 lead. We've seen problems Your, But but as if the Houston Rockets are this no, mentally no, strong no, forget, team. But the fuck? I'm, James Harden, I'm talking like about, neither of them have even been to the finals. I'm talking about going, again, you don't judge people based on like what they were able to do in the past. Like, James Harden had Kevin McHale as a coach. Like Chris Paul was but a I'm clipper. But I'm judging him this year. Right. They're they're down 2-1. It's just, they beat they beat the everybody's everybody's standard for gold in basketball. The best team by far talent wise lost a Western Conference game by 30 points. But Joe, all- that is a that to me goes there they are beatable and it's not because they're not the most talented. So then what is it? So you're telling me and Again, first of all, I love Mike D'Antoni, but he's not Brad Stevens, that's for sure, in terms of having a defensive strategy, having a way to bother certain guys, having all that. Like, the idea that, yeah, are they worlds more talented than Boston? Absolutely. Would they sweep Boston in a four-game series? I'm not sure. Because how do you how are you that talented and lose a Western Conference Finals game by 30? Well, they lost one game. Yeah. Of three. So, to me, even... Uh, so, let me... I just want to say one more thing. The The Warriors have shown that they will lose more often than I will. And you're pretty confident you're going to beat me one out of five. They got boat raced in game two. It's possible... The difference between... Yeah, anything is possible. Yeah. Kevin Durant taught us that. Right. Or, I mean, Kevin Garnett. But I'm saying... <laughs> Isn't it? You don't think it's possible that they lose another game in this series? No. I just. That's my Andy Ruther take. No. I I don't. You think you you beat me one out of five, but you don't think it's possible the Warriors lose the second game in the series? Yeah. I take that back. It's definitely, you know, again, guys, anything. Anything is possible. I think I think that the Warriors win this series in six. I think they win next game. I think the Rockets win game five. But if they win it in six. But, but let me finish. Can I finish? Uh, kind of finish. I certainly think there's a possibility. It's not a good possibility because they definitely have a home court advantage in Oakland. But it's possible that they lose next game. And if they do, now we got a fucking real series. And then I don't care about the talent level because now you're just playing a best of three. Two of them are in Houston. Let's see what happens. But I still think the Warriors win this in six games. But even if they win in six, to me... It's like what does that it doesn't prove anything. Like like what like what does what does that prove from Houston's perspective? Oh, we won two games. Well, it certainly proves that it's a talent discrepancy entirely and it sure. and it proves Agreed. To, and it proves to me if I'm D'Antoni, Maury, Harden and LeBron James, if you come here, we're definitely beating them. If really? You, if you get swept in this finals, and you lose every game by 30, I don't think you can honestly call LeBron James and go, hey, man, you should come here. We'll beat the Warriors. He's like, can you? You lost every game by 30 points. If you play a six-game series, you go, dude, 
we will definitely beat them if you show up. Is Houston one of the teams that LeBron is possibly considering? I mean, it seems to be Houston, Philly, Lakers, and back to the Cavs. That seems to be the general consensus. I think there's... Hold on, hold on. Can we get uh, Brian Windhorst on here? Yeah. Brian, Brian. Who does he work for? The Akron... Canadian bacon plane dealer, or something. Yeah. Is it? The, is it? Is it? It's a Cleveland plane dealer, it's isn't Cleveland it? Cleveland plane dealer. What's the, What's the Akron Beacon? I always want to call it the Akron Bacon. Why does Akron have a fucking newspaper? Right. Akron Beacon Journal. I knew. Yeah, I knew it was something like that. The Akron Beacon Journal. You know what's crazy? You guys want to hear something completely off topic about newspapers? I noticed this the other day on my, on my. Uh, you know, it's the old, you know, the the front page of the Cincinnati Enquirers from, from the Reds games. And this says, this is dated September 30th, 1990. The Cincinnati Enquirer has a record, reader record, now 350,000 people in circulation were reading the paper. Where we are now, my point is like, look where... Look where from 1990 to now, nobody fucking reads papers. Like yeah. that was probably the apex of people reading this paper. Yeah. And that wasn't even that many people. No. 35 people now read the Cincinnati Inquirer. Yeah. Which is probably... Like a seventh of their readership it's, are it's, the Ruther family. I was going to say, it's the Ruther family. Yeah. It's basically, that's a fifth of their well, readership. Like, I don't need the internet. Got the paper. Inquirer comes right to my door. Show me when, tell me when the internet's going to come no, right to my door. No, Walt stopped paying, Walt stopped paying for that. Really? Walt stopped paying for the, the delivery. He only does online. But Walt is big Wall Street Journal. You know what my dad did the other Wall day? Street Journal. Yeah, the Wall Street Journal. He he sent me... I have his password to the Wall Street Journal because it's paid subscription. And he copied and pasted an article into an email document versus just sending me the link and the password. I'm like, Dad, you know I have the password, right? He's like, no, I thought if I copied and pasted... I'm like, dude. He saved you a step. Yeah. Old people on the internet. Is there anything better? <laughs> Is there anything better? Is there anything worse? <laughs> well, Prano, the last thing I'll say about the Rockets is I got to pay my respect to Mike D'Antoni because he clearly is using Harry's razors because he looks so fresh now without the mustache. I know. I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure what Mike D'Antoni was thinking, just going full clean the whole year, but... Add LeBron James, bring back the mustache. You're a championship team. Oh, you like that? Yeah, he's got. I mean, he's got to go with the mustache. Yeah, but he does look. He does look super clean. He does, and he, I bet. He, I bet he's using Harry's. I'm. I'm certain of it. In fact, I'm going to use Harry's today. I need to shave. I love their shaving cream. It's always fresh. I never get cuts. And we always say that fifth blade. I love working that around my nose hairs, the bottom upper lip. Guys, Harry stands behind the quality the of the bottom their, upper lip. The bottom and upper lip. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah. Like, what's the bottom upper lip? <laughs> Harry, need that fifth blade for that weird bottom upper lip. <laughs> Say what? Harry stands behind the quality of their blades, but they know that switching razors isn't an e- is not an easy decision. So they created a trial offer. So claim yours by going to harrys.com forward slash dirty. Get a $13 value trial set that comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. That includes the weighted ergonomic handle, five-blade razor with a stripper, with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, 
and a travel blade cover. All the Dirt Balls can redeem their trial set at harrys.com forward slash dirty. So Dirt Balls, make sure you go to harrys.com forward slash dirty to redeem your offer and let them know that Joe Prano and I sent you to help support the show. All right. So let's move on to the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I, what's your hot take on this one? I can't, like, I need the, like, before we get started, I need the Andy Ruther hot take. They've already sounded the sirens for Andy Ruther hot take. <laughs> They're like, Cavs in six. I just don't see how Boston could do it. That was, that was, wow, that impeccable timing. The minute I said, let's move on to the Eastern Conference yeah. Finals, the ambulance and the sirens went off. Uh, Pretty sure that was a fire truck. <laughs> was it? Yeah. Honk! That's that horn? It's different than the. Is it? I always confuse. <laughs> Literally, the two. everybody in the room just going like this, full bobblehead mode. Okay. Well, this is the Andy Ruther hot take: seven game series, and I don't know who wins, but I think the Cavs win this next game, Game Four. In fact, they have to. A hundred percent. They a hundred percent have to. There's I, a decided. Home court advantage for those Boston guys. Yes, those Boston guys, and they also don't play well on the road. Yeah, they it it it's almost like what's great about Boston's team right now is is also what's terrible about them at times. Like people, you, you see it every time they they games one and two. You're like, look at the confidence, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier. They don't care that they're not the stars. They don't care that they're not the stars. Look at the. There's like a. And everybody's always talking about this irrational confidence that this Boston team has, which, yeah, they're in front of a packed, drunken Boston Garden crowd that's ready to murder for them. Yeah. They're irrationally confident. Why they can't keep that confidence going on the road, I don't understand. Well, I think, come on, we both know. I think a lot of it is youth. Yeah. They're, they're young guys. I mean, these guys are in their early 20s, a lot of their stars. And and I think that's just lack of experience. To me, that's the huge thing. And yeah, you're right. But it, it's it. You talk about Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. I mean, it's they're they're completely different team. They're now one in five on the road. Yeah. No, absolutely. And and that's why the Cavs need this game because for the Cavs to make this same way I was talking about with the other series, the the difference between these two series is if if somehow the Cavs win Game Four. And you make this a a three game series essentially. The Warriors Rockets becoming a three game series comes down to like oh so this could be just cra- like crazy shit could happen. One team goes off that could, that could be the end of the series. You make it a three game series, Boston Cleveland. It's what game will LeBron James just go? I am taking over sure. personally, single-handedly. I don't care if it's on the road. I don't care if it's at home. I don't care if you have Brad Stevens. I don't care if Larry Bird comes back from the dead. I don't care if fucking Robert Parrish hits me in the face with his dick. Like, it's on. I'm winning this game. And so that is why it is 100% necessary. I know LeBron's come back from 3-1 before, but it's 100% necessary. Win in Cleveland, even the series. Yes. Make it a three-game series. And let's see what happens. Well, LeBron did something interesting, I felt, in Game 3. He started the game off 100% as a facilitator. He basically said, look, guys, you got to help me out. I'm going to force you to help me out. You got to hit your shots. And they did. 
But it wasn't like game two where LeBron was like, look, dude, I'm going to score points. I'm going to dominate the first quarter. LeBron got his guys involved. But the Cavs are the same way. You, you know, we, we talk about the youth and inexperience. I mean, Joe, if you look at the Cavs, they play so much better at home, too. And you, you want to say to yourself, I get it, to the road, but wh- how come J.R. Smith or George Hill or Corver, why can't they hit their shots in the road? They're still the open threes LeBron's getting them. Look, Kyle Corver is... Like, let's take Kyle Korver out of the situation because Kyle Korver throughout the playoffs has had good games and games they've lost. Good games where other people didn't show up. Good True. games where you're like, the only person that's helping LeBron James out is Kyle Korver. It's like Kyle Korver's uh, like a sniper. Kyle Korver's, you know, I'm not saying he's going to hit every shot. Obviously, he had a big miss in the finals last year that essentially, you know, cost them making that a series. But. He's at least pretty consistent. Like, yes, I th- I think agreed. If you, if you look at Kyle Korver's shooting percentage, yeah, okay, one one night he's going to make one or two less, one night he's going to make one or two more. In the end, it's all going to balance themselves out. That's why Cleveland's roster leaves LeBron James, you know, up in the air at points because J.R. Smith will score zero points. But that's the- George Hill will score zero points. Kevin Love will disappear for series at a time. But you bring up a great point, and I want to bring up— That's Hill. just mental toughness. I want to bring it. up Hill and Smith. They scored combined three points in Game 2. In Game 3, they have a combined 24 points, 13-11. That's not that much. My, my point is, look at the difference in that game versus the Cavs losing by 10 points and winning by 20 it's just two guys contributing 11 and 13. That's not asking that much. No, but LeBron James, and this is why his greatness is unmatched, if you ask me, is he attacks the other team in a manner that's like, okay, I could do this and potentially win, but this isn't about winning a game. This is about winning a series and essentially, eventually, hopefully for them, winning a championship. His goal is a championship. Sure. He's never looking at it from like, we have to win game three. We have to win game four. So sometimes LeBron comes out and he facilitates because him going, I'm going to score 21 points in the first quarter is not sustainable. Forget for a game, for a series, yeah. for the rest of the playoffs. The The idea that you're going to ask a 33-year-old LeBron James to score 45, 12, and 12 every night from here on till the end of the season is not sustainable. Sure. It is not. So he has to come out and he has to go, here we go. Jer Smith, get your early shot. George Hill, get your early shot. Kevin Love, get a touchdown low. And if they don't, if it doesn't take, then he goes, fuck. Now I got to do my thing. I've got to try to take over this game. And sometimes at that point, it's too late. And sometimes at that point, even if he starts doing that and those guys don't contribute a little on top of it there's still no shot so what helps them is that lebron james comes out at home starts getting them their shots early they start hitting it and they're off and running yeah and and throughout that game every time there was like a mini run lebron james did lebron james things like he had some incredible passes in that game the the he had some incredible defensive plays he had he had a, a chase down block. He had that backdoor cut for the reverse jam. Like those are moments where you're going like, oh, we got a little we got a little momentum, and then LeBron James is going backdoor and rev- like you know putting the baby to sleep with a reverse dunk. It's like there goes that momentum. 
I do like Tristan Thompson in the starting lineup versus Corver. Yeah, I mean, I, I like having Corver come off the bench to be your, you know, your guy who can give you some instant. Points. I like Corver coming off the bench simply because you can immediately go to him if the J.R. Smith isn't hitting his shots. Just like immediately replace him. I, that's why Tyron Lue is kind of a lost because the amount of times where you can tell right away whether J.R. Smith's going to give you something and yet he plays him the whole game anyway. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Jared Smith is the epitome of like on or off. When he's off, just bench him. Yeah. Give Kyle Korver all his minutes. Jared Smith was straight out of high school, right? Yeah. I'm uh I'm pulling up his stuff. I'm just I'm curious. Like J.R. Smith's been in the league. A long time. His first year was 0405 with New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah, man. I here's the thing about J.R. Smith. I like him. Like he's a very likable person, in my in my opinion. Cause he's like he's the fun guy who you know you're gonna have fun with. Like as a person, he's likable. Can we get can we get the Andy Ruther's fun guy stamp of approval? He's the fun guy you know you're gonna have fun with. You know, he's a fun. He's he's a guy you'd want to go out with. Like he's not gonna be too. See, I feel like J.R. Smith out is the same as J.R. Smith on the court. Like you go out with J.R. Smith, and you're like, he's either gonna be popping bottles and dancing on the table, or he's gonna be fighting the bouncer, and it's gonna happen either way within the first five. No, see, I disagree with that. I don't. I don't think he's fighting the bouncer. I think he's chill. I don't. I don't think he's. I, I could be wrong. I know. You know. Post title, there was some stuff with J.R. Smith, and obviously he was shirtless the whole time, which I loved. But I don't think he's the guy fighting the bouncer. I think he's the chill guy. You know, not causing that big of a scene. You, you didn't think him throwing Al Horford into the stands in game in game okay. two was him maybe fighting the bouncer guy? Possibly. But I don't know, man. Like, 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 I feel like he's the chill dude who is just going to say something real funny, but also just so offensive to a group of girls, like in front of you and your boys. To You're me, saying he's the Andy Ruther of, of the Cavs crowd. Is that what I'm saying? I don't. Th- what do I say that's so offensive? We were, playing vo- we were playing volleyball the other day, and somebody goes, you notice we've had five games of volleyball and no one's made a sucking dick joke because Andy's not here today? Wait a second. Wait a second. So Saturday, because I wasn't feeling good, I didn't play. Because you got bodied on Friday. No, it's because my tetanus shot, man. My arm is still sore from that, by the way. Which makes me think maybe those anti-vaccine people are right. Anyway, that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> I wish I had a gif of EJ's face during that. EJ went full Tyron Lue on you. Why? What, what, pick up the mic. What's the deal? Don't, don't do that. Don't do the anti-vaccine bullshit. Because, like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever I don't know. Heard. I don't know enough about it. That's no, why I'm I know, just... but I'm saying, like, look into it because measles is coming back because of people being like, I don't think vaccines are great. Like, I, I'm not anti-vaccine. No, I'm just saying, like... But, but someone said something to me real quick. Someone said something to me that... And I don't know if this is true. Again, this is just what somebody told me. I had said, oh, I got, I got fatigue, I had a flu, and they told me that might happen a day later. So I got all that this weekend because I got a tetanus shot on Friday. Somebody said to me, by them giving you a tetanus shot, people make money, which was fucked up if that's true. I don't, who's making money, though? That's my question. I mean, yeah, but the, 
the whole reason that you're getting like the flu-like symptoms is because they're injecting you with a very weak strain of that you know, disease to show you like to get your body to fight it. So now your sure. antibodies are stronger so that when if you were to contract it like a much worse case, your body's already prepared. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And obviously, yeah, every, it, we live in a capitalistic society. Everyone makes money off of it. Yeah. Everything. I mean, the whole medical industry. But, yeah, that's, it's all but that's fucked up, though. I agree. But, 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 but my point is that that's fucked up for the doctor. He was really pushing it. And what are you looking up? Trevor, Trevor just sent me a, a Sports Illustrated link from 2016. J.R. Smith sued $2.5 million over nightclub incident connection to an altercation at a New York City nightclub in November. Okay. He's, so- a, he's accused of choking and striking a man <laughs> in the head and neck area. He's a chill-ass dude, man. The man says that Smith assaulted him in front of a pizza shop at 4 a.m. after the player denied a request for a photo. Okay. He's maybe not as chill as I thought. Yeah. Maybe JR's got, uh, he's not as chill as I thought. But hold on, I, I want to get back to this volleyball thing. Uh, Mr. Smith, can you talk about the incident at 4 a.m.? He's like, I'm just a fun guy, having fun. <laughs> like, you choked that man. I st- fun things from fun people. I still want to hang out with JR Smith. I want to get back to this volleyball thing. Somebody made a comment Saturday, oh, no one's made a dick-sucking joke this whole like, time. And somebody was like, yeah, no one's talking about putting anything up their ass. No one's sucking, sucking dick. There's no, there's been no, there's been no filth jokes, like. And I was like, yeah, Ruther's not here. And they're like, oh yeah, Ruther's not here. Well, that's my mo. <laughs> I did it again last night. I, I, somebody asked me, you know, I went to Adam Hunter's birthday party and somebody said, oh, you you've lost a lot of weight, and I said HIV positive, and yeah, I've used that joke a few times now, and I've learned when you make an HIV joke at a birthday party and you don't know a lot of people, they don't know what to make of it. But I'm going to keep doing it because age jokes are hilarious. Tell me, tell me age jokes aren't hilarious. I think that your audience is telling you age jokes aren't hilarious. I will always laugh at age jokes. Just like 9-11 jokes. Hilarious. Just like abortion jokes. Funny. Just like OJ jokes. Aaron Hernandez. And the list goes on. These are things that will always be funny. I heard something interesting about OJ. Completely off topic. I was listening to, you know, Joe, Joe Rogan. Rogan. <laughs> Finish your beer. And st- well, first of all, Steven Tyler was on. How do you have, uh, where do you find all this time to listen? Doesn't Joe Rogan put out like 12 hours of podcasts a week? How much Joe Rogan do you listen to? I don't listen. To, I try to listen to one or two a week. Yeah, he puts out two or three hours every episode. So if I'm, uh, if I'm on my bike or from my car, I, you know, like you said, they're long podcasts. But it's Steven Tyler on. Isn't your boy, by the way, didn't I see your, your boy was like pushing for like forced uh, monogamy this weekend. Your boy Jordan Peterson was for, for, for mandatory monogamy. No, like get no, off that kid. No, you you know what that was? That was that was fucking people misconstruing what he said and also taking a bullshit soundbite. What Jordan Peterson is saying is that basically societies and cultures that have more of a monogamy-based setup have succeeded better. That's all he was saying. People need to watch the debate and watch also things he said and read. And also that I read that New York Times piece on him. I read the whole thing. It was just it was just a giant character assassination. No, but it was classic New York Times. But it was. It's it, it's it's dude. The problem with all those things are it's. I'm not saying I agree with everything Jordan Peterson says for the record, but a lot of these things. 
it's your typical, they want to label and box people into stuff, and that's the fucking problem we have nowadays. Dude, I, I watched, you guys should watch it. I've started watching it. He had a huge debate with, uh, it was a two-on-two person debate, conservatives and liberals, and I thought it was, it was a good debate. I'm like 20 minutes in, but my point is, these debates, they can label and call Jordan Peterson like the angry white man. But if he says that back to Michael Dyson, oh, you're the angry black man, flip the script. How's that going to be misconstrued, though? I don't, I don't know anything about it. I'm just saying keep, keep the idea of forced monog- keep monogamy at it. Like that's actually – I'll, I'll debate him. That's the complete opposite of the problem. Let's fucking – everybody fuck everybody, and those fucking losers don't get fucked. Let's end their bloodline. I'm not you're f- out of here. I'm not for forced monogamy, for the record. I didn't say that. And I didn't see all his comments on that, but I know a lot of it was misconstrued. That's all I'm saying. And yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of Jordan Peterson. But we don't, have to, we don't have to agree on all this stuff. Where the fuck is this show going? We went from J.R. Smith to Jordan Peterson? Uh, I think it was your third Rogan reference of the episode that brought us, that took us down that wormhole. Well, what I was going to say was Steven Tyler, okay. great interview. Like, it's out there too. Shocking. Steven Tyler's out there. He was on Rogan last week, and he said... That apparently OJ, this is what I want to bring it back to, apparently he used to have the same sponsor, I don't know, some drug-related shit, that OJ was out of his mind on cocaine and speed when he killed Nicole and uh, Ron Goldman. Sounds about right. Which I'd never heard, though, because you just assume OJ had a history of domestic violence and abuse, but the fact that he was also maybe on a bunch of drugs that night. Well, he he was a massive star in the 80s and the 90s. Pretty safe to say he was a cokehead. Yeah. Right? He was OJ, a, a black football player living in Brentwood in the 90s. I think he was doing some coke from time to time. And probably the times where he was set off and beating the shit out of his wife. Safe to say. Do you think cocaine's talk. more popular now? No way. Or the 80s? Because yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know the gauge of the cocaine. Yeah, no. Way, way more then because— Why was it so popular in the 80s? Well— I mean, for a number of reasons, we can go down a wormhole. One, that the U.S. government was basically importing it. Um, so there was that. Then also now there's just so much more like now you know so much more about drugs. Like there are people who are like, I'm into Molly. I'm into mushrooms. I'm into whatever. Instead of yeah. like stigmatizing this drug versus that drug. Like Coke was we were simultaneously doing like Nancy Reagan, don't do drugs and Ronald Reagan you know, backdooring the CIA as a fucking, you know, Coke importer. I mean, like, get it over here. Give it to fucking everybody. Let's make money on it. Yeah. I mean, I haven't watched Narcos, but I know that you have. It's great. But I've read all, you know, I've read the whole. EJ, EJ would be a great character in Narcos. Yeah. But, I mean, I've read so many books on on cocaine and uh, the cartels and all that in the 80s. It's like we were we were in the drug business. We were the cocaine. The government was importing cocaine. So fucked up. War on drugs. The comp- just a complete disaster. Yeah. Well, not even a disaster. Just a sham. Like It's fake. I do have hope, though. This is what I have hope. I didn't get this last episode, but I'm just going to put it out there. Marijuana. That... Did you open the window so that the lumberjack could be heard well, on that it was podcast? So, it was so hot. Should, should we close it again? Sorry. It's a fucking guy out there chopping down a tree. <laughs> I think that's just the Venice. That's just somebody in Venice. Just that, that could be a homeless guy just just squealing. 
It's a homeless guy. That guy's cutting down the fence outside Savage Town so he can have a place to sleep. Yeah. He's got a metal cutter. Oh, by the way, they've they've put up signs, uh, a Savage Town update. They've put up signs all over where the post office is by us, Prano. Public property, can't like on both sides, on the fences, No, basically no tents, nothing. And I saw walking yesterday, all the signs were up. And I go, oh, this will be interesting. Then I actually drove by it last night. Nothing enforced. Yeah. Literally just tents upon tents. Homeless people are like J.R. Smith. They give zero fucks. <laughs> they do not care yeah. what you say. Well, we're talking about OJ. I have to bring up this, uh, this arrest from Terrence Williams from the Cowboys. This is one of my uh, favorite NFL arrests that I've seen in a while once the details came out. I don't know if you saw this. I did not. Of course he didn't. <laughs> Why do I put things on a rundown? Why? I, sa- I sent the rundown out yesterday. I opened it. Well, th- th- actually, let me, let's just discuss this right now. When, you, when I send you the rundown, what goes through your head? Like, Take me through the Joe Prano p- thought process when I send you the Google Doc rundown. I opened it. I scanned it. I didn't see anything that was worth uh, you know, doing any sort, sort of research on. I moved on. It's, I, I, you started out with the conference finals. Then uh, you had something about Tom Brady, and you had something about— uh, Well, that's not in order, but that's all right. Yeah, but, 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 you, had two, you had two stories that have been sitting on the rundown for like four weeks. But like what, how Tom Brady thinks gambling, I don't know what the fuck. Like we, to, to, and once I got to the two stories that we haven't gotten to in three weeks, I'm like, is Ruther even reading his rundown at this point? But hold on a Last week, a couple, couple weeks ago, you skipped over an entire fucking NBA series. I'm like, I, dude, if you're not following the rundown, what the fuck? I, now I got to read it too? Well, I don't stick always to the rundown. Again, I like the conversation to flow. But the Terrence Williams headline I put on the rundown says, Cowboys Terrence Williams arrest details are hilarious. I would think that would trigger you to be like, oh, why well, are they so gonna funny? going to be even more hilarious when I hear him for the first time. I'm going to ruin that surprise. I just left myself a nugget. What happened, Andy? <laughs> Interns. Do we know any of his arrest details? Yes? No. <laughs> what, what the fuck, dude? You don't read the rundown? I do read the rundown, but I mean, did you want me to answer that honestly or not? <laughs> no, I do. But when I put on the rundown, Terrence Williams That's the guy arrest you're details. Me with? That's the guy you're beating me yeah, with? Yeah, you're, you you, you're, you're my guy against you're Pano like, and Trevor. You're like, let's run Idaho. He's like, what's Idaho? You're like, I sent you this play via email. I'm gonna, you know what I'm going to start doing? This is going to be a new game we're going to create. We're gonna create a game. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give you guys quizzes before the show about stuff on the rundown. Seems like that should be on the show. And now you're doing. Now you're just having conceptual like game ideas. Yeah, that the I, audience will never see or hear. As a former teacher, I'm gonna print out questions and we're gonna have multiple choice answers, and you guys are gonna have to get them right. No, I think I, I, I think what you should do is you you're should fired. put. I think what you should do. <laughs> Same is for you, Prano. You're gonna I be think fired. You put, I think you should put Easter eggs on the rundown, and then. Uh, you know, when, when the show happens, if we can reference it, we, we win some sort of prize. It's unbelievable. Anyway, Terrence Williams was arrested on an intoxication charge. He completely totaled his Lamborghini. He crashed into a light pole in Frisco, Texas. You know where that is? Nope. I think it's by, it's by, da- it's by Dallas, right? Yeah, it's like probably like 30, 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember driving through there. So... 
A police officer responded to a report of a crash at 4.45 a.m. A 2017 blue Lamborghini crashed into a light pole. But this is where it gets good. Police said they later found Williams near his residence riding an electric bicycle in the roadway (laughs) and arrested him on suspicion of being intoxicated in public. So his getaway... was an electric bicycle. You got to love these guys. I mean, I don't even understand. Where did he get this electric bicycle? Well, this is what he says. Williams, this is Williams, uh, this is what, this is his account of the incident. I'm grateful that no one was injured in the accident. The driver in front of me, again, this is 4.45 a.m. or 4 a.m. The driver in front of me slammed on his brakes and I turned to the left and hopped the curb to avoid hitting him. I got his insurance information. Who is this person? And my neighbor picked me up when my car wouldn't drive. I live right near the, where the accident occurred. So my neighbor dropped me off and I called a tow truck and took the scooter from my house to go meet the tow truck driver who I have met in the past in the neighborhood. The police officer. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he saw the police officer who he knew, he claims. So he got on his scooter to then meet the police officer. He said, I have always been an upstanding citizen and handled the situation the best way I know. I mean, if you were smart, he would have said he got home. He was shook from the accident. He pounded a couple drinks to calm down, nearly losing his life in the Lamborghini incident. Then he thought it would be okay to get on the scooter to return. Figured, why drive when I've now been drinking back to the scene of the crime? I should take my scooter. It's safer. Yeah. Because you show up on a scooter, they're like, dude, you're probably definitely still drunk when you crash that car, right? He's like, nah, man. What are you talking about? Should have worked that into a statement is but, my point. But is it a scooter or is it an electric bike? Because there are differences. Now, we have, we have conflicting stories here from the NFL.com. I mean, it sounds like he said a scooter. It's probably some hybrid electric you know, Vespa situation, a bird with a seat. You see him going up and down the boardwalk all the time here, don't yeah. you? Have you noticed – that there's the birds and then there's like the more scooters with like a seat situation. Yes. Always black guys on those. Yes. So that's probably what he was driving. It's a good point. Yeah. Let me pitch you the picture of what actually happened. He definitely crashed and was so drunk that he got out and was like, shit. And he looked up a bird or whatever on his phone, jumped on I don't that. think there's birds in Frisco, Texas. Well, whatever they have, because yeah. I know they have the, the bikes and stuff. I'm sure that he literally got out and thought, you know, it's a good idea. It's like, I got to go home. Let me go find one of these. So I'm just imagining him hammered out of his mind, car just destroyed in the background, him just, like, using his phone, looking for the nearest bike. Like, that's insane. What a dumbass, like, reaction to everything. To be fair, you don't think rationally when you're that intoxicated. Because when I totaled my dad's car and ran over a fire hydrant when I was You pissed, walked away and went to Wendy's. Close. I did... I, you know what? Actually... I did something similar to Terrence Williams. I walked back to my parents' house thinking everything was going to be all right and nobody would notice the geyser shooting out of a car in the middle of the street. I thought nothing would happen. Now, the cops were already there, literally, at my parents' house as I walked up, freeze, and they arrest me. But I thought the same thing, like, oh, if I leave the scene of the crime, blah, 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 maybe everything will be all right and I'll figure this out. You don't think rationally when you're drunk. Not to justify what this guy did, but I love the fact that you know, he got arrested on a scooter. That's the best part. This doesn't go under the Aaron Hernandez Savage of the Year Award. This goes under, uh, I don't know who's a ridiculous NFL, like the, the funny year of the award. Year of the award. 
the look on your face. I was going to let you try to work that one out. Funny year. Funny of the year. Funny year. Funny of the year. Award. Funny of the year. What is this fucking? It's like a Bob Saget video show. And the the award for America's funny of the year. Funny of the year. Fun. <laughs> the str- Roll the tape. The struggle is real before 11 a.m., huh? So the Cleveland Browns are going to be on hard knocks. By the way, if I'm any of these guys, and this goes all the way back to OJ, I'm always claiming CTE. Just like put it on the NFL. Be like, I don't know what I was doing, officer. My brain's swollen. Yeah. I got the CTE. Why'd you make him like a southerner? Yeah. Because I would just, I would go. Like, officer, I don't know. I would go, I would go completely loony style. Like, I don't know what happened. I got the CTE. You made him like, like a black person in the South. Yeah. So the Cleveland. I turn everybody into like the, the like crazy black grandpa. Sitting on the porch, like I'm just here on my porch with the CTE and the iced tea. So the Cleveland Browns are going to be on Hard Knocks. Yeah, this is a fucking disaster. So now there's a rule. Apparently, if you're a certain level of bad, yes, the NFL can force you. That's that's been the rule for a couple of years. What a stupid rule! You should have to be. It should be middle of the pack. Like you, if you finish like six and ten, seven and nine. Yeah, if eight you finish like yeah, if you finish between like. Seven and nine and nine and seven. They should say six to nine wins. Yeah. Because the Browns stink. Now we need media coverage of it. Well, let's be honest. I can't, by the way, I cannot wait. This is going to be my favorite year. It happens every year. I cannot wait for the people that fall in love with Browns players because of hard knocks. Start. I don't know. I think Baker Mayfield is going to be the shit. You see him on hard knocks? Well, the, the Browns have the a storyline with Mayfield, Josh Gordon. Let's not forget him. They have, obviously, they signed Jarvis Landry. Like, they have characters that are going to be good for TV. Yeah. They also have Hugh Jackson, who actually is black southern grandpa on the porch. (laughs) He's like, I don't know. We won one game in two years. I got the CTE. It's already started, though, Joe. We don't even need hard knocks. I, you know, quote tweeted the Adam Schefter tweet about the announcement on Dirty Sports, you know, Basically saying, great, now we get to see how bad Hugh Jackson is as a coach in person. You should have seen the responses. And, of course, it was for people who don't listen to the show. Like, oh, actually, you know, labeling all the pieces. Look, guys, the Browns might be better this year. I would hope so. They've won one game in the last two years. Yeah, you can't be worse. They've won a game in two full seasons. You can't be worse. Robert Robert Griffin is the last quarterback to win a game for the Browns. Fun fact, he has died since then. Yeah. <laughs> there is now that he's survived by Robert Griffin the fourth and fifth. Isn't he on the, the Ravens? Yes. But the thing is, if the Browns win three or four games, like what is that? It's that's not good. Everyone who I refuse to believe it's like anything. Dude, you get two Andy Ruther hot takes in one show. He's like, three wins is not good. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Why are you dissing? That's not a hot take. It's not a hot take. Man. But you're a Hugh Jackson defender. I'm not a Hugh Jackson defender. I have said he I thought he was a great offensive coordinator. I think he did great things for the Cincinnati Bengals. The offenses were great. Now he had some pieces too. But I liked him as an offensive coordinator. I haven't been a Hugh Jackson defender. Maybe at first. I can't defend. I can't defend one in thirty-one. Prano, who can defend that? One Hugh Jackson's record is one in thirty-one. 
Can't do it. Now, do you think Johnny Manziel in Canada is going to be a part of the uh, Hard Knocks? Do you think that'll be a part of the Hard Knocks season? Think they'll throw a crew up there? You know, you don't you don't read the rundown. And I also made a point before the show. We are not going to mention Johnny Manziel because we are not. You, you made a point of that. We are not cheddar dicks like the other networks <laughs> who thrive off fucking people who aren't fucking playing like Manziel or Tim Tebow. But here we are. I have nothing. I have no comment. <laughs> no comment on him. There's nothing to say. Just throw us a quick if Manziel ever makes it back to the NFL, you shove the L chain up your ass and we'll move on to the next story. No, I'm not going to shove the L chain up my ass. I already openly have taken the L on that guy, which you should do with some of your things. By the way, I have a little I have a little thing Trevor did have you made the announcement yet? What announcement? The SAT? Oh, I have not. Good point. Is that on the rundown, Trevor? No. Look at there's hiding stories. Where's the secret rundown with all the good nuggets? Not hiding stories. I have received an email from the SAT board. I don't know who, what you want to call it, but they I have think the a, SAT board is fine. Call it. But they have approved me to take the SAT. It's big news. They've apparently reviewed all my documents, and they said, uh, "Yeah." We've reviewed the information you provided through the verification form, which is all accurate for the record that I have applied to Yale, Harvard, UCLA, USC, and also uh, Wichita State because they're the shockers. And uh, the SAT board says they have confirmed my registration for the June SAT. Now, my only concern is they keep saying my picture has to look the way my picture was that I took it to send them, which might affect me trying to get my vanilla ice hairstyle this week. No, you can wear a hat to the SAT. No, you can't. You can't wear a hat? I don't think you can. Wear a religious garb. <laughs> can't stop you from wearing a fucking turban. It's true. It's a good point. What if I said my religion was the Cincinnati Reds and wore this hat? I don't think that they can make an argument for that in that, 2018. That's my point. Yeah. All bets are off. Anyway, yes, I am taking the SAT. And you'll be like, and not only am I wearing my uh, religious garb in the form of Cincinnati Reds hat, but I'll be taking this test in the women's room because it's 2018 and I can do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. Now, serious question. Back to the Browns and Hard Knocks. Does Baker Mayfield throw for more yards then Andy Ruther scores points on the SAT. Ooh. Uh, yes. <laughs> because the SAT is now out of 2,400 points. That's a good That's a good oh, one. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I figure we'll put you at like... 1,200? Nah. Don't, don't you get like fucking... Isn't this the kind of thing where you do... You get like 600 for just signing your name? Yeah, it's about 900 for signing your name. No, it's not. <laughs> I mean, I'm putting you at like... Well, what'd you get on the SATs? I didn't do well the first time at all. I want to say it was around like eleven hundred. That was good. That was when, no, it's not good. That was when it was around sixteen hundred. Yeah. So I mean, you're that's not good. You're almost two. You're almost three quarters of the way there, like twelve hundred. So you figure you're you're looking at like, you know, another another what four hundred points? I think they reduced it. Because it says the SA2 has two big sections, evidence-based reading and writing 
blah, 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 and math, you can earn a scale score of between 200 and 800 points on each section for a total of 1,600 possible points. Well, it used to be 1,600, but I'm doing the essay. I sign up for extra, which I believe is an extra 800 points. I could be wrong on that. I'm not, by the way, I'm not studying at all. My niece, uh, she's graduating the eighth grade, and I called her the other day, and she said, she said, I said, can you send me, I'm just curious, can you send me some of your algebra? Just like, like, can you take a picture with your phone and send me some of your algebra homework? And she sent it to me, and I, I literally, my head exploded. I, I didn't know what it was. I was like, what is X? What does that mean? I mean, we're like that? Yes. I'm fucked. Math was always my worst subject. But like basic algebra, like could you do like 2x plus 10 equals 40 and solve for x? Yeah, I could do that. So, okay. You, you, you could do, you know, basic shit. Well, we'll find out. So a week from this upcoming Saturday, June 2nd, I will be taking the SAT. And I'd love to have one of the interns follow me. And maybe- how about geometry? Like how about like, uh, like fucking angles and shit? Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. No. Can the boy tell time? Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) But I would think I'll do well in the reading comprehension and the writing. I should hope. Dear God, this is what I fucking basically do for a living. Can we, you know, I can't be failing as a writer. I mean. (laughs) You know what I should do for my essay? Before you say J.R. Smith is a fun guy, does fun things. (laughs) I should see how many They're going to be like. Uh, which one of these is a simile for fun? You're like, oh, God, I got nothing. I think it's just fun. Is that the only one? You know what I should do? I should see how many times I can write the word thust in my essay. <laughs> but I don't think that's going to help my cause because they're gonna be like, this guy can't spell. And I'm like, no, you don't understand thust. I can't wait for people to call me out for saying simile instead of synonym. But it's fine. I'm not taking the SATs. <laughs> You know what a simile is? You know what the definition? I do know the definition of simile. Using the word like or as. See? I know a little more than you guys think. I still think you're going to get destroyed by the SAT. Okay, so then let's let's decide. Does Baker Mayfield throw for more or less yards than I score points on the SAT? So you're scoring 100%. at 24 on, yeah, I think he's, I think he'll throw for. He's not going to start right away because you forget they have Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. Put that into consideration. Oh, in season one? Yeah, but Tyra Taylor will get benched pretty fast. Um, I say I score more points because I don't think Mayfield starts until game six or seven. Yeah, you're probably right. And how many yards does he honestly throw for? Like even, he's not going to throw for 1,500 yards. It's going to be close. It's going to be close. We need to get this on the gambling side. I forgot Tyra Taylor was going to start. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with you because I think I think Tyrod Taylor will start. They'll go 0 and 7 and Hugh Jackson will be like Tyrod Taylor's my guy cuz Hugh Jackson's completely lost. Yeah. We have some breaking news from intern EJ. The NFL will not discipline Matt Patricia for the investigation of his 1996 sexual assault. Yeah, I don't know if that was Yeah, I appreciate EJ's update, but like <laughs> Breaking news. Yeah. Breaking news. Are you our our, our Latin our, Adam Schefter? Yeah. Our legal our legal intern. Yeah, I'll take that role. That's fine. You want that role? Yeah, I'll be the breaking news guy. What's what is uh what's Spanish for Adam? Do they have an Adam? Uh, Adam. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> There's no Spanish name for Adam? 
I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's but some names they don't they don't sound anything similar. Like I can't think of one off the top of my head. Say how you said it again. Adam. <laughs> Adam Shifter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna find out what's Spanish for Adam. Okay, you look that up. Do we want to talk a little baseball real quick? We haven't talked baseball for a minute. I mean, you're killing on the slides. It's like, what do we have to say on dirty sports? Well, what's what's happened this weekend? Anything exciting? Uh, I wanted to discuss if we should put Otani in the home run derby. Uh, I'm going to say the same thing I said for putting uh, Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's make the home run derby great again. Yeah. Who like no one gives a shit about the home run derby. What, get, so why I, not put Otani? I was in? looking at Otani's stats. So he's he's starting every five games, correct? As a pitcher. I'm so yeah. confused. What are they doing? And then how often is he playing in the field? Not like he's, I think he's starting about half the games in the field. <clears throat> okay. Gotcha. I didn't know how young he was. Yeah. He's really 23? Yeah. God, it's remarkable. Dude, he's having a great year. Yeah. Like MVP? I don't know about that, but. But why not? Because he's doing it from both sides. Yeah. And we talked about this on slides. Like, you've got to. You've got to consider it. He has to hit certain benchmarks, right? Like how much is – and like I think the, the easiest way to do it is like wins above replacement player. Like when you consider – like if he hits over 25 home runs and he has like 14 or 15 wins, then yeah, he's the MVP. But like you can't win the MVP if you won like 11 games and you hit like 23 bombs. Like – even though technically, maybe, but like, I just don't think you can do that. Yeah. We got to go down to a game. Yeah. Cultural appropriation day. That's right. I already found all you can eat sushi joint. Ah, uh, and I know how we're going to get those tickets on SeatGeek. I was looking, I was looking at concerts on SeatGeek. Guys, SeatGeek has it all sports events, concerts, comedy shows, opera, Broadway. You name it. All those things I know all you dirtballs love. Seek like the opera. You ever been to an opera? No. Me either. Come on, you're Italian. That's your that's your jam. No. Not interested. Not interested? No. I've heard there's fat ladies in it. You know me. I'm a I am am a fat hater. Anyone in your family ever go to an opera? I think I'm the Prano sh- family should go to the opera together. I'm, sh- I'm sure. Sure. I mean n- none of my siblings, but I'm sure my parents. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys can go see an opera. Get those tickets on SeatGeek, right? SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. They got the best prices. You get the most bang for your buck. SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Best of all, all the listeners, that's you guys, get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. We've been getting some great tweets about people who use SeatGeek. I saw this recently. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter our promo code DIRTY today. That's D-I-R-T-Y. And SeatGeek will send you $20 off your first purchase. That's promo code DIRTY for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Dirtballs go to opera. Maybe we'll do that. I, I Yeah, the opera would be tough for me. Not a big fan of that stuff. Theater, Broadway. I don't mind the theater, but I don't. I'm not there for music. I don't. I don't want to go see a musical. 
I don't want to go see fucking Hamilton or... You know, I watched Wizard of Oz this weekend. Yeah, what was that about? Well, you know... You were missing Vince? Well, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, man. I, I was thinking about him a lot during the movie, and... I watched it. For those it. people who don't know, Vince was ex- the exact yeah. same kind of dog as Toto. Exactly. Yeah. Adorable Karen Terrier. A, a rare a rare black and gray terrier. Yeah. Karen Terrier. Spot on. And I did have some great flashbacks of uh, Vince being a savage. Best savage dog ever. Uh, anyway, I so want to... Wait, take me to the beginning. Why did you watch... Wizard of Oz. Because Saturday night. The original Wizard of Oz. The original, 1939. Judy yeah. Garland. Uh, I, mean, I think we all know the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> okay. You're like, Yellow Brick Road, witches. Because, Wizard. Because I hadn't watched it in so long. I was curious to see. I, I get interested to see things as an adult versus as a child. Like, I couldn't tell you the last time I saw the full orig- the original, you, you know, all together. And. I, you know, the special effects, Just I'm just curious about 1939, then I went down a Judy Garland rabbit hole. You know, I knew she had OD'd, but how old was she? I didn't realize she was 17 when she starred in Wizard of Oz. She was that young. And then, I mean, this sounds awful, but then I started thinking about Hollywood and how awful, like, how many weird sex things did she have to do to get this role? Or, like, what? I mean, I'm being serious, though. Like, how many midgets did she have to fuck? I, I Like, you know, I don't know. And I didn't know she was an accomplished singer herself. I didn't, like, this is how ignorant I was on Judy, Judy Garland. I didn't know that she was a singer. And, yeah, and I watched it, and, and it's good. But I didn't, but I forgot that Wizard of Oz is such a musical. Yeah. They sing, like, the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess I didn't pick up on that as a child. And, or I forgot. I didn't know. I had just forgotten it. And then I started thinking, oh, with the term munchkins, that would be that would be almost inappropriate now. I think you'd be jailed for calling a little person a munchkin. Right? Yeah, a hundred percent. Like how the times have changed. Anyway. Yeah, I know you laughed last night. I told Prano, I said, I gotta finish Wizard of Oz. And he's like, What? <laughs> you never go back and watch an old movie just out of curiosity? I mean, I, like I the Wizard of Oz, like, I don't think I need to see The Wizard of Oz. I, how many times I've seen The Wizard of Oz? I must have seen it 20 times as me, a child. Me too. Yeah. It's like, I get it. And then I wanted to see the scene, you know, where the guy was supposedly hanging in the background. Right. Which they've now tried to debunk. You know what I'm talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Do, you, do the young guys know? Supposedly somebody was hanging themselves in the back of one of the scenes, and you see somebody, it looks like somebody swinging. Yeah. See? There's a little Easter egg for you guys. There's also the one in Three Men and a Baby. There was like a kid in the window. And like says his ghost. Yeah, and then yeah. they say he died or something like that. But Yeah. Some creepy shit out there, man. You want to do some dirtball calls? Sure. All right. Well, we got a few today, and I made sure to include any anti-Andy Ruther jabs, because you guys complain that I handpick... By the way, you guys can look at these for the record. You know. We can look at what? You can listen to the calls. Yeah, I'm good on that. See, this is what I'm saying though. You can't complain. I wanna be I like to be surprised. Okay. I always just wonder how many Andy Ruther hate calls like didn't didn't make the list. Here's a new thing that we're doing, which I love. Weird Twitter was warming my headphones for me. He warmed the whole episode. Now I put them on, they're already warm. Ah. Yeah, this is great. Headphone warmer. Yeah. And he's our 
Latin but, Adam Schefter. But recently, when, with, with the new setup, now I got the now I got the ghetto headphones. Those are the those are the good headphones. I'm really jealous about not having the good ones. I like I like the ghetto ones. Yeah, because I that those fit me better. Okay, Trevor, how do you want to do it, buddy? You got, you got them all queued up. Let's start with. Trevor's like, oh, we haven't been recording this whole time, so I don't know. <laughs> do it however you want. We have a fucking courtroom sketch artist that's just drawing this episode. That's yeah. what's going up on YouTube. Let's start with 703. Trevor just checked the Zoom for the first time. He's yeah, like, are just, we recording? Let's just go in order, please. All right, guys. Call number three from Colin Evangelista here in Northern Virginia, New York. And Andy, this is why I've been trying to say this whole time. I love, like, everything that you do for the show, and you know, you're a big part of it, and it's just great. But when it comes to editing, I don't get why you leave in the dead space of last uh, episode there was like two or three minutes of just like nothing where you guys are trying to get the troller moron song to play anyway i just thought that was kind of weird and then also this is kind of a call for dirty slides maybe the first one or you guys don't really even have to reference it but i just thought that there was a good uh thought popped in my head here can a dude be soft like kevin Durant? i think we can all agree like you said on a podcast a while ago he's breaking up and i mean he's mentally soft you know like mentally he's a bitch but at the end of the day, he's still a dude. Like, he's going to get his 35 points now, however many he's scoring against the Rockets. Anyway, I just wondered if uh, a dude can be soft. You know, question for the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, condoms are for Kevin Durant. Let me address the first part of the show. Uh, first of all, you got to learn how to make a call, Colin. I mean, you're in and out of talking on your phone, so let's just set the the grounds maybe edit that a little better yeah is that what you're saying yes uh there was not two or three minutes of dead air that is a massive exaggeration maybe five seconds each time i mean i know what he was saying though not not the dead air but like the the getting the uh troller moron set up it was like it was a two three minute process of like is it working it's not working oh the sound's not on i get i understand what he was saying but that's just that's part of the dirty sports. Like, exactly. That's the organic, hey, we're putting it all out there. There's so few things that have been edited out of the history of this podcast. And I can probably think of most of them off the top of my yeah. head. Uh, Doug Coker, if you're listening. <laughs> Let's just say, you know, I wonder if I kept that. We basically had to. We can hold that over tag. We had to re-edit you know, I you're gonna, you're gonna have to think, use that. You're gonna have to use that against him to get him to come out and play some basketball with you. See how he's got to win in a basketball game. Because it's been. Can I air out right now what I had to edit out? Probably, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's at this yeah. point. It's it's out. It's so, out now. So Tug, sorry Tug, I have to do this. I'm not putting you on blast, but it is what it is. Tug had an audition for a new show with uh, Gabrielle Union and, and Jessica Alba. And Jessica Alba and he came to do dirty sports and we kept making references about the show it's like a female remake of bad boys and tug was auditioning i believe to play gabrielle union or jessica alba's husband and we kept making references during the show but it had not been news yet that there was going to be a show so then at the very end of the episode tug realized i should not have been referencing that show so i had to go through and i had to edit out every reference and because he said Jessica Alba's name, and Jessica Alba hadn't been named yet, it was just Gabriel Union. Yes, that's it. So I had to go listen to a full two-hour episode and edit out any mention of Gabriel, or I'm sorry, of Jessica Alba, and it sucked. It was the most editing I've ever done. I still love you, Tug, but uh, seriously, Joe's right. You owe us one. You want to play basketball with us? <laughs>
Prano, dude, yeah. dude, question. Unless you want to save this for dirty uh, well, slides. Well, you know, we we will save it for dirty slides because I think uh, I think Laz's take on the issue because Laz, being a obnoxious Golden State Warriors fan, also agrees with me that Kevin Durant is a little bitch. So. Uh, I'm going to wait for we'll, – we'll bring it up on the show. I'll get his take because I, I, I've said before – Talent-wise, dude. Yeah, but it, but dude has nothing to do with your talent. Like we've already, we've already discussed that. Like it's really like the – Kevin Durant might – the reason Kevin Durant might not be better than LeBron James is because maybe he's not a dude. Maybe he's just like hella talented, but he doesn't have that fucking dude factor. Yeah. Uh, you want to get to the next call? This is for you, EJ. Calling again from beautiful Tom's River, New Jersey, home of the 1998 Little League World Series champions. I'm just calling to say that before uh, Joe Scabelli leaves for Spain to go rub his big belly on some mamacitas, I think he can beat EJ pretty handily in one-on-one basketball at the Venice Beach Court. Wow. Um, I just think Scabelli's size and Shots his fired. composure can beat EJ. I, I, also, I think EJ's a little bit of a bitch on the court. He just has that... He, he gives off that vibe that he just he crumbles easily under pressure, I guess. Kind of like how those retards think uh, LeBron would crumble in the 90s. But uh, I'd love to see that before Joe leaves. That's just about it. Kyle Aronofsky dropping some haymakers. I mean, we haven't even... Has there even been, like, video? Has anybody seen EJ no. play? But I'm going to stick up. Before EJ gets to rebut that, I'm going to stick up for him. EJ, I can tell on the court. Is very competitive. Yeah. Which I like. He takes it serious. In fact, he took it so serious the other day after we played, me, Trevor, and Prano were all exhausted. EJ decided to play 21 with some dude who was pretty good, and they kept playing as we left the courts. Yeah. So uh, I do not think Shabelli would stand a chance. EJ would go right around him every time. That's my hot take. Now, EJ, you have to defend yourself. What do you think about that? Uh, honestly, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Well, hold well you on. haven't seen me play, yeah. and you can't like. But I also haven't seen Shabelli play. But the way Shabelli, I don't think Shabelli can dribble. No, I, I, <laughs> I haven't seen Shabelli play. But just based on the way Shabelli was almost not getting involved in the question of the, how the three on two would go, like the the three on two game that would have been interesting. Like regardless. Of how good or bad Shabelli is, because I mean, how do you not win with three people? Because how do you not win a decided why. advantage? I think but the way would Sh- hurt them. Right. Well, I don't think you can. Well, maybe. Who knows? But that's. But my point is, the way he was staying out of it, maybe he thinks he was going to hurt them too. Yeah. Let's not forget, Shabelli was not responding to the group text yeah. at all, and then was just, "I'm out." Then when he finally responded, he was out. Whereas Wednesday, during the recording and afterwards. I'm free Friday to play. Well, I think he was just saying he was free Friday. He was really hesitant to just get into the whole conversation. Shaboring! All right, you want to do next call? Here you go, Trevor. This is for you. See, everybody gets a call today. Hey, guys. Tom White, Sacramento Dirtball. So I've been listening to the Dirty Sports for a while, and you guys talked about this on the last episode, but Ruther never plays any calls that throw shade at him. It's always shade of Prano or shade of Trevor. And I'm here to defend Trevor because I don't really think he gets overly defensive. You guys go at him really hard, and he's just trying to defend himself. You know, he's trying to talk shit back or whatever, talking about how, you know, they're going to come back and win a basketball game maybe, stuff like that. 
and everyone always comes at Joe saying that he's too harsh on people, but, like, if you don't think LeBron James is the GOAT, you should fucking kill yourself. Anyway, I just think that you guys should play this call, a uh, little Prano and Trevor Love for once. Uh, condoms are for Dodgers fans. Sorry, Trevor. Uh, stay dirty, boys. And then he says condoms are for Dodgers fans at the end. First of all, you must be newer. The Prano does really not get that much hate at all. As a guy who's screen calls for four years, Prano, without a doubt, gets the most love. That, that's just that's just fact. And that upsets you because I tell people to kill themselves day in and day out. No, that doesn't upset me <laughs> because I love doing this show with you, and you know how much I value you. As, let's be honest. Prano's the star here. I, I, I there, There's no denying that. So... I I like to think we're a star-free show. That's why that's why we work so well. well we're like I, the Boston Celtics. I, I I appreciate that humbleness, Prano. Uh, but look, I look around this room with the talent that you've got, the talent that these guys got. <laughs> I'm just glad that I came around when I did. Certainly couldn't be podcasting 20 years from now. <laughs> so I would disagree with that. I don't think to be to be fair. I don't think neither Joe or I do get that much hate in general. I just think mostly people are just calling with questions. Now, I, I've tried to make some of these fun little, you know, hate calls lately. But Trevor, you know, do you have anything to say? I mean, obviously, no, he's my, that's my guy. He's, <laughs> he's got a follow on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> that's my guy right there. Earned himself a follow on Twitter. Yeah. You guys can slide in each other's DMs. Uh-huh. I'll but, send him some free Dirt Ball swag. I can send him a koozie. You're going to send him a koozie? Yeah, I'll send him a koozie. That's the way to get free stuff. Just call and say you're rooting for me. You're gonna send him a that that. Now ends. let's hope that pro Trevor call actually makes the show. It's not super loud or super quiet. Oh, oh shots, shots fired! fired. <laughs> Almost like your layups. Will they go in or not? Who yeah. knows? Yeah. Oh! yeah. The best part about my layups is when they don't go in. I just put another one up, and if that one doesn't go in, I put another one up. Somebody's gonna have to climb on Ruther's back when he's on my back. That's what's gonna have to happen to stop one of my layups from going in. But not Friday, right, EJ? Not Friday. That's right. All right, we got time for Why, one. What, ha- what happened? We're playing you Friday, and we're going to win one oh. out of five games. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, d- is this a new thing now? Great. Five game series on Friday? Yeah, we already said it. Okay. Let's do the last call and wrap this bad boy up. Yo, Dirty Sports, Double D from Indiana. <laughs> Just saw Papa John's on the Instagram story and about lost my mind. Because it is quite possibly the worst fast food pizza chain on the market. So, one, curious why you picked Papa John's. But two, I uh, really want to know your take on and rankings on the pizza places. Like, give me give me your top five, you know. Is it, is it Little Caesars, Pizza Hut, Domino's, Papa John's? Where are those all rank? Condoms are for Boilermakers. Well... I'll first start off by saying we got Papa John's because I had a good coupon. So, you know, as a guy who's controlling the thust fund, I have to be fiscally, thustfully responsible, right? So, (laughs) see what I did there, guys? Uh, I had not had Papa John's in a while, and Prano had suggested it. And then this is actually a good question because, Joe, you and I got in a discussion about Domino's versus Papa John's, mm-hmm. because I like Domino's. So I'm a New Yorker. Yes. There's, there's, a, there's a, a line in the sand. There's like pizza, and then there's fast food pizza. Like I don't even consider 
fast food pizza to be actual pizza. Like as a New Yorker, that that doesn't look anything you get from Papa John's, Domino's, Pizza Hut, Little Caesars. That doesn't even look like a slice of pizza to me. So that's all in its own class. Now, when I go into that class, uh, I'm all over the place because I used to like Domino's, but Domino's is doing something weird with their fucking crust now. The only Domino's I eat is thin crust Domino's. That's I can I ask you something? Prefer real quick? thin crust. Do you think sometimes though, you New Yorkers? Just sound like d- pretentious douchebags. No, because it's all your pizza. doughy and like the fake cheese. No, because, cheese, because like- you, you hear this because we live in LA, obviously, and there's so many New York transplants. Yeah. Dude, if I had a dime for every single time I heard a New Yorker be like, there's no good fucking pizza well, in LA. There's, there, you know, they've scientifically done a thing to. Uh, like defend why we're all like that. It's it's a water issue. There's the water's not the same here. That's why you can't get New York bagels. That's why you can't get New York pizza. You know the same thing goes the other way. You go to New York. Like I'm not going like I'm not eating a lot of burritos when I'm in New York. It's just not like what you do. You eat pizza. You eat bagels. You eat bacon and cheese. You get like you know it's just a cultural thing. Like yeah, you know uh, uh, that's just the way it is. But pizza like we would get a pizza pie or you get a pizza slice. Like, sure. In New York, it's just like a whole different world. I would never order Domino's. Like if I lived in Brooklyn, I I don't think I ordered Domino's, but five times. Yeah, you know when you're like, oh, I just need something here. I need five pizzas immediately. But like never. Uh, Domino's thin crust is okay. I used to like Pizza Hut. When I was growing up, Pizza Hut had one style of pizza, and I don't know how to order that anymore. Like, what style of pizza was Pizza Hut that we grew up with? Is that like their pan pizza? Now you order it, it doesn't look anything like that. But how do you rank? So he said Domino's, Pizza Hut, Papa John's, Little Caesars. Uh, you know me, Little Caesars. I never even had Little Caesars until a couple of years ago. The $5 hot and ready thing was like pretty dope because. You go in and it was five dollars and it was hot and ready. Well, price but it was trash wise, pizza. I was gonna say price wise, Little Caesars is the best, but it's definitely the worst pizza. Yeah, and so, will cause the most diarrhea. For I sure. would go Pizza Hut, whatever style Pizza Hut had twenty years ago. I'd agree. I don't know what that. Is. I can't order that anymore. I guess it's maybe pan Chicago pan. I don't know. But growing up, pizza had a thicker pan style pizza. I'm going Pizza Hut one. Papa John's Domino's is kind of a split. I go with Papa John's just to dunk it in the garlic sauce they give you. Yeah, and P- Domino's is right there. I actually prefer Domino's thin crust over Papa John's, and then I'd go Little Caesars at the end. Is that all the fast food pizzas? We actually agree on that. Yeah, I would go Pizza Hut first, then probably. Here's the thing with me and Domino's. Again, it's more of a financial decision because you get the two. I like ch- those chicken kickers. Yeah, I like you know Domino's is. Doing some okay things. They got some decent sandwiches. I like the pizza tracker. Oh, I love me some pizza tracker. I even love the Andy Ruther jokes on stage about the pizza tracker. Top notch. I mean, you're making me want to eat some Domino's thin crust right now. Just throw Domino's. Well, they do the Brooklyn style. Yeah, I just want like when I if I'm gonna have a thicker crust pizza, I want what somebody somebody DM me, somebody tweet at me. Fifteen years ago, how do I order that from Pizza Hut? Well, well, real, now Pizza Hut's crust all fucked up. Well, to answer his question again, why we order that? Basically, it's this: you got five guys here. We're all hungry. If I'm gonna order, would I order three pizza? If I'm gonna order three large pizzas, dude, I want to spend whatever thirty bucks versus spending sixty bucks. That that's what it boils down to. Yeah, is me being cheap? Because if I would have ordered it from like we both like Abbott's Abbott's Pizza on Abbott Kinney. Yeah. 
It'd just be way more expensive. I mean, Laz orders like 10 pizzas from Abbott's for like the 11-11 party. It must be, he must spend $500. Yeah. It's like ridiculous. Because I'll order a couple slices Shout there. Shout out to everybody who donated. <laughs> That's where he orders them from? Yeah. From Abbott's Pizza? Yeah. It's great pizza, but yeah, it's not cheap. Anyway, the pizza debate. I like the pizza debate because everybody has such a hot take. What do you guys think? You guys want to hop in here at all on this? I mean, I'm, pr- I'm pretty much with that. Like, I, I like out of all the fast food ones, Pizza Hut the best. But I did try Abbott's this weekend, and that that was some it's good, great pizza. Yeah, I really. They like go with the bagel thing. crust. Yeah, it was fantastic. I've never had Pizza Hut, so I don't know. <laughs> there wasn't one in the town I grew up in. There wasn't one, and then I've just come down here. I mean, remember Pizza Hut buffets? Oh, pizza Hut buffets I? were the shit. I think they still might exist. Dessert pizza. Ha <laughs> My favorite memory of all time, not my favorite memory of all time, but <laughs> I don't know why I said that. That's not an all-time favorite memory. When I was so hungover, when I used he's got, to- He's got this Reds World Series poster on the wall. I was like, if I could just replace that with that time I went to the Pizza Hut buffet. Pizza Hut buffet, hungover, hadn't slept at all, came back about one in the afternoon, partying all night in Las Vegas. I totally just banged a cougar. I went straight to a Pizza Hut buffet. And just devoured it. Yeah. Let's do a pizza. Let's find a pizza buffet. Let's do a thus trip to the buffet. You know what the best is? The Pizza Hut slash. Ruth is just going to f- blow through this two hour mark because he wants to talk about fast food pizza. No, that's the show. You're right. <laughs> You're right. I, I cannot be doing this. Uh, okay, guys, that's the show. I was looking at Joe Prano's schedule at JoePrano.com. Yeah. He's a busy guy these next couple months. Yeah, yeah. Coming up, uh, the, the tour reignites starting in mid-June. I'll be up in Tahoe. And then looks like, uh, schedule-wise, I might be going straight from Tahoe to New York. Uh, New York show is going to be added, the ones in the actual New York area, as well as my show in Yonkers. going to be at Stress Factory in Jersey. A uh, couple weekends up in Washington with Eddie, Lake Chelan, and then Bingle Fest, San Diego at the end of July. Uh, and we're going to add some more stuff in August. Going to try to fill out that ballparks and uh, and bits schedule uh, for August. And then September, we're in Chicago for a dirt, live Dirty Sports podcast, week one of the NFL, me headlining the comedy bar. It's going to be fantastic. JoePano.com for all those dates. If you're in those areas, go support Joe. Guys, I am all about Joe's thusting. Go support my boy over here when he's on the road. We're still going to make Dirty Sports work. Uh, So go support him. JoePano.com. And uh, DirtySports.com for us. Of course, follow him at at FixYourLife. Follow me at Andy Ruther. And uh, yeah, give us some love. iTunes, iTunes reviews. Subscribe to us on YouTube. And uh, you guys know what to do. You know what to do. Just drop a review. Follow Weird Twitter. Follow Two Days. Yeah. They're all on there. EJ Gomez, Trevor underscore Nickel. They're making moves. Tell Shabelli how bad he is at basketball. <laughs> Poor Shabelli. All right, guys. That's the show. Thank you for listening. And most importantly, don't forget, condoms are for pussies. <laughs>